Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Chad Jarvis. And how you doing today, Chad? Are you still buzzing after that win yesterday? Oh, yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm I'm grinning ear to ear, and uh, we are going up. Say, we are going up. Although, albeit it's, what, five games into the season. So, pump the brakes there a little bit, everybody. You know, we still got a long way to go. Yep. Obviously, 41 games still to be played. It is a very young season. But as it stands right now, United sit at the top of the table in one of those automatic promotion spaces. And that is where we want to be come the end of the season. But, yes, Fantastic win yesterday. Absolutely dominant. I mean, when this team is firing on all cylinders, we can go out and beat anybody. Yeah, I would agree. That is a very fair statement. And yesterday was probably the most dominant I've seen us since, what, you think the Peterborough game last year? Maybe. Perhaps. I mean, you could say Fulham. You could say Fulham at the end of the, at the, end of the season, but they were kind of switched off. But the scoreline was 3-0. We could have ended up, what, 6-7-0? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We could have easily had two or three more. McBurney slots a couple of those chances home. And yeah, absolutely. It could have been much more dire for Blackburn Rovers. Um, Definitely thought the scoreline flattered them. But yeah, what a performance. Everybody, everybody down to the last man. Absolutely immaculate. And I think it's because the pressure has been on for them to keep their shirts, you know, to keep their shirt in the first team, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought everybody really, really played well, I'm, especially in our midfield. I thought our midfield was great yesterday. Fleck, phenomenal. Norwood, also amazing yesterday. Yeah, I mean, more to your point, I got thinking about it this morning with the, all the amount of attacking midfielders that we brought in, you know, I think it does us some good for competition in the in the dressing room to where, you know, everybody, there's those coveted spots in the side and everybody wants to be on that team sheet come 3 p.m. kickoff on a Saturday. So I think we're only going to see this team get better be based on the competition stepping up to try and unseat the likes of Norwood and Fleck. Because look, Nor or I mean, Fleck lost his spot in midweek gained it right back Saturday. So it's one of those deals. Is McAtee going to have to put in a shift where he nails it down? Is is the likes of Doyle coming in going to have to, you know, he's going to have to put in a great performance to, to win the spot for the next game. So I like where we are right now and the amount of competition we have in the side. Yeah, and I think the team rotation was really good as well. Obviously, you know, McAtee starting at midweek and then, you know, a short, what, three, four days later, you know, you have Fleck come in and you have McBurney starting up front, Kadra in place of Njaye. So, uh, the, like you said, Chad, the rotation, I think, is really, really good. And that also spurns the competition. And it's going to be nice here because we're going to have a good little rest. But I'll tell you, Illiman Njaye certainly made the argument that he needs to be starting every single game a brace within 10 minutes of coming on for him and you i mean you cannot sit that man on the bench i think come friday no he's got to be he's got to be the first name on the team sheet in my humble opinion i mean there's not too many players i put in front of him his performance yesterday after being subbed on getting a brace in the second half yeah there's no way he can't be in the, in in the starting 11 on friday night So let's get into our review here. I mean, the game went just about as you and I expected, right, Chad? Rovers off that 3-0 loss to Reading at midweek in a game that they were really, really poor in. And it kind of came through into this game yesterday. They didn't create much of anything. That form from midweek held true and united immediately on the front foot in this one. As we all know that we completely dominated play. Uh, the first real chance came to United in the fourth minute as Norwood pinged a long ball to Balduck, who headed it for Kadra down the right-hand side of the box. He drove it, and he took a shot, 
and it took a, uh, a pretty good save from Kaminsky tipping it over the bar. I think it almost surprised him. And yeah, he tips it over the crossbar. Kadra had absolutely no right to have a shot from that awkward angle, but still took the chance really well. And it was a decent save from Kaminsky. No, I mean, it was a good run from Kadra. I mean, like you said, he had no opportunity to, or like there was no way he should have got that shot off. It was a negative angle to the goal. And somehow, like Kaminsky was like, oh, there it is. I got to tip it over the over the bar and make what was going to be, what, how many shots on target we had? We had like seven, but we had like 20, 20 shots in general. So it was going to be a very long day at the office for Kaminsky. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Then we had a, a, a series of quarter kicks between fourth and the seventh minute as we controlled possession and really didn't let them out of their uh, out of their end at all. Seventh minute, off of a corner taken by Fleck. It falls to the foot of Ahmed Hadzic right at the doorstep inside the six-yard box, and Kaminsky makes a really good save to keep United out there. Yep, that was when we started to to turn the screw. And I think from this moment on until about, I don't know, what would you say about the 20th minute? We didn't let maybe a little bit earlier than that, maybe like the 15th minute, we just kept them hemmed in and they couldn't for, for the longest time I, I sat on our, our watch along in the chef United way. Like we're not letting them breathe at all. Like they would just try and put it out to get like five or 10 seconds worth of, you know, a breather, but we just kept relentlessly putting on the pressure and just pouring it on. You could feel the goal was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Eighth minute on the other end of the pitch, Sam Gallagher drives into the right-hand side of the box and has a shot that is blocked by Egan, I believe. Norwood picked out a great run from Ahmed Hadzic that was dummied by Fleck and a last minute sliding challenge puts it out for a corner kick. 17th minute, another series of corners for United, and the ball was cleared out by Rovers, but only as far as Bedgay. He passed to Ahmed Hadzic, who found Fleck in acres of space in the box. Keeper comes out to try and cut down the angle. Fleck passes to McBurney in the six-yard box, and he just smashes it into a defender. I believe it was Phillips. Good defending there on the line, but still, I mean, that's a chance you feel that Ollie McBurney has to, has to bury. Yeah, that's that's one that the opportunity just falls to him. But in his defense, the defender was literally, what would you say, a yard away from him. So he just slammed it right into him. And, you know, if he would have had maybe two or three yards of space, he probably could have slotted it around him. But when the ball fell to him, he just the defender was right there and he just smashed it right into him. Yeah. 26 minute Norrington Davies down the left hand side, put in a good cross for McBurney, who Kind of had to track back in order to get ahead to it, and it goes up and over the bar. That's a difficult chance to convert there, so uh, you really can't slag off McBurney there. 30th minute, Fleck makes a driving run from the midfield and is promptly taken down and wins a free kick about 24 yards out, and then we all know what happens next. Ollie Norwood steps up to take the free kick and promptly bends it into the left-hand corner of the net, completely freezing the keeper one nil to united fantastic free kick from norwood i have to say that's probably one of the best that norwood has taken in his time in a united shirt yeah i would be in 100 percent agreement with you i mean keeper rooted to the spot he didn't even move he just in i mean everybody that probably listens to this has seen the goal and you that's the one thing I like about it, that's all you do is see the keeper's head move and his body stays and he just watches it. It's like a, it's like poetry in motion, just watches it go in. And then, you know, what a great goal. We had been pro poking and prodding for so long and we've had so many opportunities leading up to this, to this 31st minute goal. It's almost a shock that it took this long for us to get that first goal because numerous opportunities, but Ali Norwood, hits a ping and you know we were saying it's the goal of the season this thus far but we will be it might be preceded by an even better opportunity later in the game definitely 
And in the 33rd minute, Norwood really feeling it here as Norrington Davies passes to low down the left-hand side. He gets it to Fleck, who passes it to Norwood. And Norwood absolutely miles away from goal, tries a shot that just sails barely over the net. And I think it was just kind of a heat check from from Ollie Norwood there. Like, man, I'm really feeling it. If this one goes in, I'm having to go every single time, right? Yeah, he's like, it's one of those things, just go with a hot hand. He's like, you know what? I just nailed the ping. You might as well give it a go again. And, I mean, it was a good effort. I mean, you can't, you can't like, knock him for having that chance. And, you know, what if it goes in? Then we're all celebrating it, and it's all over the Internet, and 500 million people are like, look at this goal from Ali Norwood. But just unfortunate it didn't go in. Yeah. 35th minute, another half-decent chance for United as Kadra gave a nice little flick to Norrington Davies down the left-hand side. He crossed into the box for McBurney, who again had to fall backwards in his jump in order to reach the ball and just heads it just to the left of goal. 41st minute, one of Blackburn's only chances in the half as Lewis Travis passes to Brereton Diaz, who takes a shot outside the box, and it is blocked by Norwood, I believe. And you know what? That was pretty much it for that first half. I mean, how many chances do they have? Maybe two. And yeah, we were immaculate, absolutely dominant. And we probably should have been up 2-0. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. We Hell, I'd go as far as saying we probably could have been up 3-0. I mean, with the amount of chances. But the one thing is, I think at the time, you know, and as the game, as we go through the game, when we were doing the live stream yesterday, I was getting upset with McBurney, the the missed opportunities and the missed chances and all that. The dude put in a like looking at it from in, in hindsight's 2020, looking back at it, he put in a workmanlike shift. I mean, yeah. like we've we've mentioned some of the opportunities he had to like they weren't part perfect opportunities. He had to stretch and reach and and go. The balls were behind him. It wasn't perfect flawless service every time into the box, but the dude put in a workmanlike shift and he had good hold up play. He just lacked the goal that he probably deserved yesterday for yeah. all that work he put in. I, Chad, I think you're 100% correct on this. I, you know, we were a little frustrated with McBurney in the live stream if you go back and rewatch it. But at the same time, like you mentioned, his hold-up play was great. He distributed it. He would get it in the midfield off of like a, a goal kick from Fodderingham and then, you know, kind of distribute it to either an attacking midfielder, either Bergay or Kadra or Njai when he came on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I thought it was his best game in a United shirt in ages, ages. Yeah. So the second half starts and... Norwood, I don't know if he's just going for a piss take here, but he tries a shot on goal from the kickoff. And, you know, again, that just sails over. But not sure if he saw Kaminsky out of position, but when you're feeling it, why not have a go, right? Yeah, I mean, it was right at the blow of the whistle. And he's, like we said earlier, he's just feeling it. He was just feeling it. So he's like, well, let's just give it a shot. Yep. Yep, why not have a go there? 53rd minute, Lewis Travis had a go from way far out, and it goes just to the right of net. Fodderingham with a, like a dive to attempt to save it had that been on target. But yeah, I think he had it covered, Fodderingham. Yeah, he did. I mean, he didn't have much to do. So, I mean, the fact that he had this, okay, that was, that was one thing. I, I think I joked about it in the watch-along that, you know, he was back there reading a book and he brought his chair and he was sunning and then he was going to have a little bit of a snack and some tea and then he was going to get ready to take a nap. Yeah, yeah. He could have probably uh, pro prop propped up a beach chair and had himself a margarita back there. Yeah. So Blackburn gave the ball away to Rita Kadra, who sped into the box. He had McBurney just to his right, but tried to take it on himself and had the ball nicked away from him. Yeah, he has to make a decision there, I think, a little bit earlier. I, it, no decision is wrong, whether you, you give the short pass to McBurney, who tries the shot, or you go it alone and have a shot yourself. I just would have liked to see the decision be made maybe a split second before, because in that split second, he had the ball nicked away from him. Yeah, that's one of those deals we were yelling, just 
pass the ball off and it probably gets us another goal. But I mean, that's maybe that's him being a little bit selfish. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah. McBurney was dealing with several corners on our end of the pitch, uh, you know, promptly heading them out. Good stuff from McBurney in a defensive role there. 60th minute, Norwood had a shot that missed way to the left and it didn't even go out of play. I think it was kind of deflected a little bit. But then in that 61st minute, we really turned the heat on as off of a corner taken by Fleck. It's headed out, but only as far as Ahmed Hodzic, who puts in a looping cross that Kadra gets ahead on. Uh, he heads it to Egan, who heads it to McBurney in miles of open space there. I mean, just him and the keeper. He smashes it right into Kaminsky, who makes the save. It falls to Egan, who tries to toe poke it in, but can't really get anything on it. I mean, it's a good save, but McBurney, again, he's got to pick the corners. That's what they tell you to do. You're in on the keeper. You got to pick the corners there. Yeah, I mean, you like to think that if if Brewster or Sharp had that opportunity, they'd probably both bury it, you know? So it's just one of those things. This is where we started to grow a little bit frustrated with him because as we're going to allude to, he had opportunity after opportunity and never seemed to deliver. And the chances almost just kept growing and growing and getting better and better and almost like easier. And it's just like, it was a head scratcher to think like you've had all these opportunities and they slowly, but surely have gotten easier and you still can't score. It just, it was frustrating in my, my opinion. Yeah. But Again, let's not take anything away. It was a solid performance from Ollie McBurney in this game. 64th minute, Norwood pings one over the top for Rita Kadra down the right-hand side, who touches it for Bedgay, who spots again a wide-open Ollie McBurney in acres of space. Again, he smashes it against the keeper, and it's cleared out. So, again, we were really, really frustrated. He had so many decent chances in this game, but just wasn't able to capitalize um, it's cleared out to Egan, who puts a ball over the top again, again for McBurney. He touches it over his defender to himself and then just can't get a good shot away, you know, not seven yards out there. But that was a nice bit of skill from McBurney, I have to say, you know, getting touching it over the defender basically to himself. I've only really seen Basham do that and certainly not in the box. Yeah, I mean, I mean a bit of skill. It's good to see that he has a bit of skill. I mean... But like I just said, so frustrating. Three opportunities right there. Three opportunities, and they all uh, didn't result in anything. Because right there, you give us three, you give us three goals right there in a row, and that's a hat trick. We all love you. Hang his hang his shirt from the rafters and the cop. We're retiring his number. Ollie McBurney, the player we paid all this money for, finally coming good. But no. Wasn't to be, wasn't to be. And then in the 66th minute, Illiman Njaye replaces Rita Kadra. And then some beautiful play as Ahmed Hadzic gets it to Njaye, who passes to McBurney, who gets it to uh, Bergay out on the right. He slips a ball for Balduck in, in the box and he puts it across. I couldn't, I can't remember who he was trying to find there in the box, but it is put out for a corner. 72nd minute, McBurney had a header that was blocked on a corner, then promptly tries a shot with his foot, and that is also blocked. And then in the same 72nd minute, Norrington Davies with a throw-in down the left-hand side. He gets it to McBurney in the box, who drives to the byline. He cuts it back. It deflects for Badgay, who takes a shot, and it bounces off Illiman and Jaye's bum and into the back of the net for the second goal of the game for United. I mean, you could almost call it a comedy of errors in some way, but they all count equally, don't they, Chad? Yeah, I, I believe you coined the phrase, our, our skull. Yeah, <laughs> during the stream, I, I, mean, I don't know if I coined it. I don't know if that was coined by me, but um, yeah. yeah, it certainly was how it went in, which was, I mean, you take it however you can get it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but it was just one of those one of those deals where he was right in the range of it. it to be honest, it should have been Sandy Barge's goal. Yeah, but the fact that Indai was in front of it. He just deflected in. He's like, okay, I'll take it. It'll go on the score sheet. So that should be a half a goal for. And die and half a goal for Sandy Barge, in my opinion. 
Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was a really good cutback from McBurney, who got the hockey assist on this goal. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was some controversy, though, let us not forget, as it looked perhaps like the ball went out past the byline, but no VAR. But if there was VAR, perhaps they would have ruled that, you know, just a goal kick there. Yeah, I think I said it too during the stream. It's like, yeah, once once SUTV ran it back a couple of times, yeah, you see the ball went out. But good thing we're not in prem and they can't VAR it. So uh, goal stands 2-0. Yep, yep. 76th minute, United really turning the screws as Njaye in what can only be described as one of the greatest singular runs that I've seen from a United player in like the last five years, he nicks the ball off of a Blackburn player in our half of the pitch and runs end to end, juking several Rover defenders along the way before he gets just to the edge of the box and strikes the ball with venom on his left foot, his non-dominant left foot. It goes off the upright and into the back of the net. Fantastic individual effort there and a brace in 10 minutes for Illiman and Jaye. Yeah, I mean, it was very similar to the goal that came against Fulham. Yes. You know, he just makes that run from midfield and just, I mean, torched their defense, and it did the same thing to the Blackburn defense. He just kind of spun, tornadoed, whatever you want to do, past all their defenders and slotted home. It was a beautiful goal. Definitely. Definitely. 83rd minute, Bedgay down the right-hand side, passes back for Norwood, who puts in a great cross that finds the head of Chris Basham, who heads it just over the bar. But good to see Bash playing again. And it was interesting. He was subbed in for uh, Georgie Baldock, Furious George there, and he played more of a right wing-back role than he did a center-back role in this game. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that Hecky is experimenting with. Or, you know, just to give Baldock a little bit of a, a rest. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. We've saw, we've seen Basham in the past make his marauding runs, similar to what Ahmed Hadzic is doing now, making his marauding runs. So I'm okay with that because you know he always loves to go forward. So why don't we put him, if McBurney continues to struggle, why don't we just put Bash up front? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think Chris Basham is too valuable and too quick. Uh, you know, and should be probably playing in a more comfortable position for him, either at right wing back or, you know, in that right center back role in case Ahmed Hadzic is um, either not fit or what have you. To finish out 88th minute on the break, Max Lowe gets it to Norrington Davies, who slips a ball into the box for Fleck. He cuts it back for Lowe, and Lowe has a shot. It's a decent save, I have to say, from Kaminsky, but um, good to see Max Lowe pushing forward and being involved there. Last chance of the game in the 89th minute, and Jaye again nicks the ball off of a Blackburn Rover player and promptly puts a perfect pass for Brewster, who's in on the keeper, just the keeper to beat, and he smashes it right into the keeper, Kaminsky. Um, that would have been the little cherry on top if, if Rian Brewster had scored there. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals. I guess our strikers just like driving the ball against the the goalkeepers. I guess yeah. I don't really, I don't really get it. I guess in training we don't we don't show them to you know dink it around them or over them or just bl- maybe hit it hard enough where you blast a hole right through the player and the ball will come on come out the other side on fire and go into the back of the net. <laughs> I guess that's what they tell them. Whatever it takes. Whatever yeah, it takes. Right? And that was pretty much all she wrote. Absolutely amazing performance from United. We go top of the league, emphatic win over, you know, to this point, not a terrible side, but at the same time, I think the last two games, Blackburn really have to ask some questions of themselves um, and maybe try to refine the form that they were on to start the season. But who was your man of the match in this one for United, Chad? I mean, I, it can't be anybody else except for Ndaye. I mean, he just played out of this world coming on as a second-half sub and getting a brace. I mean, you love to see it, you know. I think we're going to see him establish himself now as one of the first names on the team sheet. Hecky has to put there. So, I mean, 
perfect, perfect game by him. And you could you could give anybody on on the starting eleven any of the subs that came in. They all had great games. I don't think we had any player that had a really bad game. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just a good all around team effort. Yeah, I mean, at least a seven point five, if not eight out of ten performance from you know all eleven of our players and well i mean west really didn't have much to do did he um but also the subs so yeah great win for united illiman and jay obviously my man of the match as well alternatively alternative man of the match just because it was so unanimous gotta go with mcburney i i just yeah. he's right there i i vehemently believe that it's only a matter of time before he gets a goal yeah yeah uh, I hope so, and I hope when it does, it like almost breaks the levy, and they just the the goals just keep streaming through. And you know, it, we've said this about Brewster on no, numerous occasions. If the if we can get those two to start firing goals, man, are we going to be dangerous? That's all we're really missing. Honestly, we're getting enough goals from from midfield. We've got all our goals from midfield and defenders. The defense is starting to lock in with a clean sheet. You know. Goalkeeping's been been okay, been been good. We're just lacking that little bit up front. If we can get a striker that scores goals, I mean, now we're gonna miss Billy for for a long period of time. He's out for indefinite. So if it's up to one of those two, and even Jebo, if he's gonna get any run to get scoring goals, yeah, definitely. And like you said, Chad, I mean, if we can get either Brewster or McBurney on a good run of form regularly firing in goals this is not an easily beaten team no i think i think if we get i think if we get a striker scoring goals i think we got the league wrapped up by christmas time probably i think it's all well said and done but no i mean yeah i don't if we do get that those strikers scoring i i see it's really hard to beat us it's really, really like you're going to have to because these teams got to be ready to soak up the pressure that we're going to install and we're just going to keep turning the screw and poking and prodding. So obviously we're going to come up to teams that are very well defensively set up and it's going to be harder to break down. And that's where they're going to frustrate us almost kind of like, you know, I can't even really say Watford because Watford had more of the possession, but like a, a team that's really, you know, defensively sound and we're not exactly on our A game, that's why I think we're going to you know, come up against it and drop some points because it's inevitably going to happen. We're going to drop points against a side that we probably shouldn't because they're going to be set up so defensively sound. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, you know, just as an aside here, this is probably the most positive I've been about United and the most hopeful I've been about our future generally in a long yeah. time, yeah. in a long I time. I'd be right there with you because, you know, I'm first in line, maybe second in line behind the guys from Tufty Club. They're like, we don't really know what to say. We're usually talking about something negative. And it's like yesterday's performance, there really wasn't anything negative to like really say, you know, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. What is this feeling that we're feeling right now? Yeah. Right. And I think I read something earlier. The, the last time we were top of the table, we ended up going up automatically. And it was, I think, the 05-06 season when we got promoted to the Prem. So, you know, hopefully it's a good omen that we're, you know, top this early in the season. Definitely. Wouldn't it be crazy if we won the whole freaking league? Wouldn't it be absolutely insane? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but I mean... What a statement that would be if we could win the championship. That would be unbelievable. That'd be nuts. Another piece of hardware for the trophy case would be really, really great. That would be cool, yeah. So I think that just about does it for our review. Um, we are going to throw it now to our interview with a Luton supporter, well, Chad, we have another game this coming Friday. It is against Luton Town, and we have from Oak Road Hatter, Bill Mully here with us. And how are you doing today, Billy? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I just uh, briefly mentioned it off air. It, it needs to be more entertainment than the last time we played at Kenworth Road, the 0-0 draw. So 
hopefully for for both our sakes it, it can follow the trend i guess of, of sheffield united games so far and, and be a fair few goals definitely definitely and i mean you guys had a pretty decent game yesterday you were away at swansea you come out two nil winners goals from alan campbell and carlton morris um can you tell us a little bit about that game were you were you uh did you travel away yesterday I didn't travel, but I've I've managed to to watch the ninety minutes now, and yeah, it, it was very much needed after two poor performances. A, a real good run out for for pretty much the entire ninety minutes. We we were um, on top off the ball. We were we were excellent. Only saw twenty five percent possession, but I think that's becoming a common theme that we're really really organised and limiting opposition to, to very little. Um, and I think against Swansea, you kind of expect to. To not be penned in, but to be, um, you go into the game realizing that that you're going to be doing a lot of running, and um, I think defensively we we fulfilled our responsibilities very very well. Uh, going forward, we broke with pace, uh, power, athleticism, everything that Nathan Jones wants. So it was in that kind of manner. It was a very good, very very good run out for for Luton and hopefully something that that we can now build upon because it coming coming into that game it was two points from four so that it sort of boosts our position boosts the morale around the club and and again gets us Luton fans dreaming what this season could be yeah definitely obviously you guys finished and did very well last season um, really down to kind of a couple of unfortunate calls uh the other way that you didn't make it to Wembley last year basically right yeah, well, it was it was in dreamland for, for the majority of the second half of the campaign. I think um, there's always a narrative about Luton, Luton's budget compared to the majority of championship clubs. But we managed to just continue plugging away um, some some bits of real excellence. I think we rode our luck a bit as well. It was a combination of the two that I think got us into the playoffs. Um, and then, yeah, played really well against Huddersfield, both home and away. Um, fine margins. I think if we would have had a fully fit Elijah Adebayo, maybe things could have gone in our gone in our favour. But it's another season in the Championship, and and you can't complain with that because it's a it's a very very entertaining league as we've uh, grown to know. Absolutely. I mean, say what you want about getting up to the Prem and the money that comes with the Prem. I absolutely love seeing United in the Championship. It's always an exciting game. Um, you know, you're, it, you're, you're probably not going to get turned over and you're not going to really turn over that many teams. I will say yesterday was probably a good exception for, for United beating Blackburn 3-0, but still, it's always an exciting time in the championship. I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about the business that Luton have done this season. Um, how are you liking Ethan Horvath so far? Uh, I've watched him play on a couple of occasions for the United States of America but what what's your kind of feeling about his play thus far this season yeah I really like him he's he's basically come in sort of on a level playing field because we added him around the same time we added Matt Macy um, Jones made it known that that both players had come in to fight for that number one spot and there was no one none of them were above the other in the pecking order, they, they really had to, to perform in training to, to get themselves cemented as the number one. And it has been Horvath. So he's obviously been doing things right in training during pre-season. Um, a, a very good shot stopper, uh, calm with the ball at his feet, comes out and, and deals with the pressure as well. Um, a couple of concerns nearer the start of the campaign with him, him coming out. But I think um, now he's grown into the role. He, he's become... Growing confidence, nothing that's been been a massive factor in, in why he's um, you know cemented that number one spot as I said at the start. So yeah, I've been really really impressed with him. Obviously, with the World Cup around the corner as well, it's a big big period of um, opportunity for him because he's got this number one spot for the USA national team to, to really compete for. So if he can get uh, you know if he can continue picking up clean sheets and performing well for Luton and, and Luton can continue to, to climb up the table. I'm sure that's only going to do his chances of inclusion within the national team very well. And, you know, you sort of have reaped the rewards of Barnsley's relegation to League One, uh, claiming Carlton Morris and Colley Woodrow. How would you characterize their performance thus far? Has Colley Woodrow, Woodrow uh, made it into the side yet? I haven't checked to be perfectly honest. 
Yeah, well, he started our last game against Bristol City, which is quite an unfortunate game to, to start because we were really, really poor. Um, he wasn't really the reason why we were poor, but he was just a victim of, of being in that side at the time. Couldn't really spark the game into life, but far from the worst performer in the evening. Um, it hasn't really worked out for him so far, but you can you can see he's an intelligent player. You can see that once things click into gear for him, he's going to be somebody that, that could change games. And that's what, what Nathan Jones wants this year. He wants people on the bench that, that can come on and change tight games because we had a lot of them last year that were won by fine margins. Um, but then Colton Morris, um, we, we just spoke about that notion of having game changes there. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. Um, 1-0 up against Swansea. Obviously, home fans behind them. Um, we needed a second goal and he came on and looked really, really lively and obviously grabbed that second goal. So, yeah, it's been positive so far. I've, I personally really like Colton Morris, what he brings. Um, I guess that the two games that we performed poorly in as well, uh, he, he sort of dragged down to, to our level because we were really that bad. But yeah, yesterday he, he was really, really good alongside the veteran that's Cameron Jerome and really really excited to see what else Colton Morris can do and as we say is we've paid good money for him um for a club like Luton paying anything in the excess of a million pounds is um frowned upon if they don't play very well but I guess so far it's all been positive and was that your record transfer for him yeah well the reported fee um, it hasn't been concluded. It hasn't really been confirmed, but the reported fee would have broken our, our transfer record um, that, that we paid for Siemens Sluger back in 2019. But yeah, I don't think anything's confirmed. I saw a, a rumor two million pounds, but again, I'm, I'm not too sure if that's been confirmed. Yeah, we saw 2.2 2 was yeah. was what I saw in transfer market. So it, it's crazy market. with it's crazy with Luton's you know budget how they how you guys exceeded expectations that last season and it leads into the next question where do you and the Luton fan base where do you guys see Luton finishing at the at the end of this season do you think yeah. it's back in the playoffs or do you think it's maybe challenging catching fire and going you know automatics or are we looking like a mid-table finish Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really, really interesting question because um, Luton and Nathan Jones have continually progressed up the Football League. I think it's six consecutive years where we've improved on our position in the 92, which is an incredible achievement in itself. But I think last year we, we set the bar very, very high, finishing sixth in the championship, um, uncharted territory for, for us Luton fans. But there is that sort of genuine belief that, that we can replicate that and even go beyond. If you sort of add in the, the summer business that we've done, um, there's certainly belief that we can do that. It's just um, it's just whether the, the championship as a whole has improved as well. I think it's still early days to determine that. Um, also, it, it's just it's benefiting when the luck is on your side. And I think that's something we did last year. Um, fine margins I think is a massive thing in football and when it came to fine margins last year I think we were on the right side and it's whether we can we can do that again of course we've got a lot of players that have come in uh, Luke Freeman as well has been been excellent but still settling in we mentioned Corley Woodrow there um, Louis Watson's a really exciting player that hasn't really seen too much uh, first team minutes yet but it does seem slightly transitional but at the same time we still got a good good group of players good core to the squad that, that would warrant us to be challenging for the playoffs again. I think for me personally, I'd take anything from the playoffs to, to maybe about 10th uh, to be fighting for the playoffs would, would in my, in my eyes be another successful year for us. Um, and, and hopefully we, we can put in the performances to, to justify that. Definitely. And you mentioned Luke Freeman, obviously a former Sheffield United player. So can you just, Tell us a little bit about how you've seen him perform so far in this young season. Yeah, first of all, thank you for, for Luke Freeman. He has been he has been brilliant. Um, yeah, I think with, with Luke Freeman, he, he's that kind of player, a luxury kind of player. When he's on song, he is he's unstoppable. I think we've seen that early on, the, the little touches he, he has, his ability to pick out a player, uh, 
that, that I think a vision as well, vision beyond the majority of people that he plays with. So so far it hasn't really really worked out. But once once our players start to to think on his wavelength, I think he he could be very productive in that sort of attacking midfield role. Um, seen him a lot play. Uh, I, I'm from near Stevenage, so I've seen him play a fair amount when Stevenage were, were climbing up the leagues and looking really good. Um, he just has always looked a level above when I've watched him play. So to get him, uh, Nathan Jones really wanted a left-footed midfielder. I think Jack Rudoni was was high up on the priority list. Uh, obviously, Robert Snodgrass done a very good job for us last year, but Luke Freeman, given that he's four years younger than, than Snodgrass, I think he's somebody that can provide that service for, for a little bit longer for us. Yeah, and I, I think it might have come down to, you know, Sheffield United really just not using him right. I, I don't think he was ever really in Wilder's plan previously and certainly not in Heckingbottom's plan over the last couple of seasons. So uh, I'm glad that he's, you know, found a new club and that he's starting on a regular basis and best of luck to him and to you a lot in the future utilizing him. So who, I mean, you've already kind of talked a little bit about, you know, your squad, but who would you say is the player that we have to look out for or your danger man? Again, that's um, yeah, a very, very interesting question because last season our wingbacks were, were brilliant. James Breen and Murray Bell, uh, the kind of attack, attacking service that they brought, but they're also really, really solid defensively. Um, both had a real wobble against Bristol City, but but responded very well against Swansea at the weekend. So I think those are two players that will cause problems. They're both really what well, are probably the best word to describe them is, is relentless. They will keep on plugging away. James Bree from dead ball scenarios can be very, very dangerous, but early in the season has been a little bit inconsistent. Um, we mentioned Freeman there. Freeman has been that that kind of bright spark in an attacking midfield position that that can slot balls through, but can also pick out a pass that nobody else can see. Um, Elijah Adebayo, I keep having to say Elijah Adebayo. Um, last year, it, it would go without saying that he's our, our top man, our danger man, but he just hasn't really found his rhythm as of yet. I still keep thinking that the next game, it's going to be his game to, to really come to the fray and, and start putting in performances like we know he can do. But Colton Morris for me, um, I think it might be a little bit of recency bias after he won us the game on Saturday, but he is somebody that I think will, will have a really successful successful period with us and somebody that if he doesn't start, he's going to be that, that kind of game changer that, that Jones really wants to have on the bench this season. Another question I have for you, what's your thoughts in this early season on the Blades? Have you caught any of our matches, seen any of the highlights? I don't know how much you're in touch with other teams aside from Luton. So what, what's your thoughts early in this season? Yeah, I think it's it's positive from what I've seen. 10 points from five games, I believe. And it's been looking at the fixture list as well. It hasn't been the easiest of, of openings. So to, to take 10 points from the, the kind of fixtures you've already had, I think that's a very promising start. Um, I caught the game against Watford where um, – a different kind of game to the others didn't see as much of the ball, but still caused them problems during what was, a, a, I think a real strong Watford performance. Um, but then against Blackburn, I, I caught a fair bit of that as well. And yeah, it, it seemed that you boys hit, hit a new level at points and just as an attacking force, um, it is quite frightening actually, uh, kind of play Illiman and Jai, somebody that, that, you know very well can cause all sorts of havoc. Um, I think last time I spoke to a Sheffield United fan, um, they said that if he can add a finishing touch, then he'd be sort of the complete package and he could tear up the division this year. And it seems to be that, that he's starting to sort of discover that. So I think he's going to be absolutely crucial this season and, and somebody that can carve open defences, showing now that he can score um, somebody that, that works really, really hard off the ball as well. There's no real ego to him either, which I, I guess is a, re a real big thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see um, so many talented attackers packed into one team. Um, Reddick Kadra as well. I haven't seen too much of him in the Sheffield United shirt, but, but watching him for, for Blackburn last year, real, really, really exciting player who I'm sure We'll have a really good, uh, really successful time with Sheffield United as well. Yeah, I mean, 
a lot of times I'll look at our squad and be like, how did we get a lot of these players? I mean, even James McAtee, who's come on and looked really positive. I think he's maybe one performance away from really kind of having a sort of season changing for lack of a better word, performance. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, Illiman and Jaye was wonderful yesterday. That solo goal is as good as any that you'll see in the Prem, in, even in the Champions League, you know? So you kind of already answered this question, but maybe besides Illiman and Jaye and Rita Kadra, is there another player on United squad that you're worried about in the upcoming match? I have to set this point. Um... I don't know if he did play yesterday, but Sander Berger. I yeah. don't know if he. Yeah, he. Yeah, we we can. I can say that I'm not scared, but I am very much scared when he is on the football pitch because he he's proven now that he is beyond championship level. Um, really, really intelligent. Progresses with the ball very well. Probably the the best ball carrying midfielder, given sort of his frame and his his pace, but also the the. Ability he has to to keep the ball so close to him and and turn and pivot. He, he's just really got it all as a ball carrier. Um, but he's also somebody that that can split defenses with his passing. Uh, he's he's good in front of goal as well. He can score goals, which is a a real real well rounded player. As I said before, it, it's um it, it's crazy that he's not playing at a high level given given what he's displayed. But if if he remains a blade throughout this this transfer window, then I'm sure that, that Sheffield United are going to be in a very good position to, to do very well this season. Yeah, you know, that is a worry. And we've mentioned it on previous podcasts that maybe on on the deadline day, as we, you know, approach just kind of a week and a couple of days left in this transfer window, um, that some Prem club might come knocking. And if they can afford, you know, where I, I think we'll take probably 25 26 million quid for him but you know yeah if somebody comes in with a cheeky bit he might not be a Sheffield United player for much longer so my my last question for you is where you know I know it's so early and and we ask everybody that we have all the opposing teams uh supporters where do you think the blades are are gonna finish this season do you think we're automatic do you think we just fall off a cliff and don't even make playoffs where do you think we end up finishing i'm not just saying it to, to impress the both of you but i, I do consider sheffield united this year as automatic contenders uh, i do think there are quite a lot of teams that are in with a shout of, of being automatic contenders given how uh, compact it is already um, everybody seems to be beating everybody in the championship and there's no real team that are I know you can't be running away with it after five games, but nobody has a, a real clean record as of yet. So, yeah, I, I do expect Sheffield United with the, the squad depth that they do have with that sort of attacking contingency that I've already already referred to. I, I would be surprised if they're not in the running come the end of the season. I'd be very, very surprised if they're not top six. Well, as as we say from your lips to the Almighty's ears, uh, we hope that that's indeed where United finish because um, as we prove time and time again, we can just simply not go up through the playoffs, try as we might. So as far as the game on Friday is concerned, do you have a score prediction for us and maybe some goal scorers potentially? Yes, I'm going to go one better than the the nil nil draw last time uh, at Kenilworth Road. I'm going to go for one all uh, again. I, I rate Sheffield United very highly, but I think there's a lot of positives that Luton will take from Swansea and bring into this clash. A, a real big test, I guess, for both um, for Sheffield United coming away to to one of the teams that that finished in the playoffs last year, than Luton playing one of the best teams in the division. Um, it's it's going to be a tough test for both, but I can see it being one all. I I keep saying it, but I think a lot of Gerard will get his first goal of the season. Something that will really kickstart his, his season off. And I'm going to go maybe a little bit outlandish, but if he's fit, uh, Egan, I think he might he might score if he's up from a corner. Um, every time I see him from a corner, he seems to win everything. I think that was a game last year against Hull where he scored twice within quick succession. Um, just seems to be able to win everything, both defensively and offensively. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets on the score sheet. Well, you're a man after Chad's own heart there. Chad always predicts our centre-backs to 
get ahead in goal in in our games. And uh, it did happen uh, the game before last against Sunderland as Ahmed Hodzic got his first in a Blades shirt. But uh, we will certainly see. Chad, what's your score prediction for this one come this Friday? I think I think we're going to win just because I'm still buzzing from yesterday's result. I think I'll, I think I can see us, you know, Luton are a scrappy team and they're definitely going to f- fight for a goal. And, you know, I don't think we're going to play as good as we did against Blackburn, but I can still see us running out two to one winners. You know, I, I think I'm going to take apart from Billy and say Egan gets his square head to a ball and plants it in the back of the net. And I think, um, who's the second goal? I think in die. I think he's just a man on form and he'll probably start against Luton and maybe put his little tornado spin on the Luton defense and cut through four or five defenders and slot one home like he did yesterday. I think that's a good shout. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more negative. Uh, I'm going to say a 1-1 draw as well. Uh, our away form has just not been great. Um, all of our wins obviously coming at home. Uh, so I'm going to say 1-1. And as far as United scores, mm, I'm going to say Ahmed Hodzic gets another one. I like Ahmed Hodzic to score. Not a bad shout. He's been so positive going forward. So, Billy, I really want to thank you so much for your time, for coming on. And um, really quickly, can you tell everyone where they can follow you on social media? Yes. um, On Twitter, my my personal account is at BillyMully11. And the work I do outside of that with with Luton is at Oak Road Hatter. Uh, we're, We're a podcast and written content. And, yeah, if you could drop us a follow, that would be great. And Chad, where can the people follow you on social media? They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jarvis underscore 13. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at SunPuck on Instagram and at Nessman930 on Twitter. If you haven't done so already, please give our podcast a follow at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. Unfortunately, this week we are not going to be doing the live stream for the Chef United way just because it is a weekday game for us and both of both Chad and myself are going to be working at the time, but we should have a podcast out immediately um, following the game probably within the next like six hours after the game. Until then, Chad, up the blades. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Mm-hmm.